Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news, and information. Just sit back and relax. Hey everybody, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless, and today I want to talk about massive MIMO beam forming. I did uh, reports on massive MIMO, I did reports on beam forming, and now we put it all together. Why do we put it together? Because with massive MIMO, we have the elements in there to do 3D beam forming, which is like beam forming on steroids. Vertically and horizontally, we can put everything together. But first, I want to thank my sponsors, Tower Tracker Pro, TowerTrackerPro.com. They just got taken over, not taken over, they merged with a company called Crinkle. But if you go to TowerTrackerPro.com, you'll be able to see the software as a service that is the solution for your closeout packages. So when you do closeouts, you can do them all in one visit. You can walk through it step by step, get the pictures, get the data and everything there. I also want to thank Tower Safety and Instruction. Tower Safety and Instruction. They can be found at towersafety.com. So if you need your tower training needs or drone training, you can find them at towersafety.com where they are an accredited school in the state of Arizona and they have online classes at Teltech, T-E-L-T-E-C-H, hyphen college, teltech-college.com. So if you go there, you can see all the online courses and you can learn something. Wouldn't that be great? Anything from first aid to tower safety and rescue to whatever it needs for the tower work. They really have what it takes. All right, let's move on here. What is massive MIMO beam forming? Well, let's recap. I did a blog on beam forming and I did a blog on massive MIMO and I was sort of building up to this because we're going to put them all together And you're going to look at all the elements that are available out there in an antenna. In other words, the antenna is going to have more than one or two or three or four elements. Now it's going to have, let's say, uh, 32, 64, 128, maybe more. And the whole idea here is you can use those elements and control the beam coming out of each individual element. Sorry. (laughs) Each individual element. Trying to talk here. And you can actually focus in on a specific user. So your UE device that's out there, you can focus in on that. Now, why would you want to do that? The reason beamforming is so important is because, one, you have a higher gain the more you concentrate the signal, which means you can go farther, penetrate more, and all that great stuff. The other thing that people don't realize is that you can also talk to that user while the other elements are talking to other users. It's multi-user MIMO. See, that's the key to this thing. You want to improve coverage, and yet you also want to improve throughput. You want to improve densification. It all goes together. And you can do this using massive MIMO and beam forming, 3D beam forming, because you're not only closing the vertical beam, you're closing the horizontal beam, almost like a laser beam. All right. I was stretching on that one, but it is like that. You're focusing the RF in on that one particular user, so it is going to make a difference, and that's what we're hoping to do. We want to concentrate the signal to that specific user, and let's say you have like 32 or 64 specific elements, and they can concentrate on 32 or 64 users, or say in each element they could concentrate on two or three users that are in a specific area at one time. That's what we're looking for. So with Massimo, again, you have 
multiple in, multiple out, multi-user MU MIMO, you're going to be able to talk to multiple users at one time with different elements. It's really going to make a difference here because the throughput, the densification, the gain of the elements is going to increase greatly. And that's what we're looking for. The technology behind it's amazing. Not really going to get into the details, but if you want more details, wadeforwireless.com, go to the resources. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you this blog as a condensed version as well as this podcast. And I will have a longer version if you're interested. You can always purchase that And because uh, I try to write these full reports for you guys and I'm putting out another book for it. I got all my books out there, the LTE Deployment Handbook, the 5G Deployment Handbook, the Smart City Tech Handbook, all that, all my handbook. So where was I? So Massimo beam forming, think of each antenna, each element in one antenna having its own brain. It's going to have its own radio head. It's going to be able to control its own beam to speak to its own users if it wants to. It's going to have the tracking beam that's going to help it track the users. That's what we're looking for, to concentrate the signal to improve the coverage, and most of all, to improve the throughput and the user experience. That's what we're going for here. Now, we have to look at the high-level things. Does it save money for the carrier? Upfront, no, because they're going to have to put in all new hardware. They're going to have to put in new antennas. They're going to have to remove the old radio heads, the old antennas, and probably maybe even the BBU for all I know. I'm not sure. They're going to have to upgrade the backhaul because now, they're instead of having you know, maybe a gigabit per second at every site, they're going to have to go to 10 gigabits, maybe 100 gigabits. You know, a lot of these sites probably only have 100 megabits per second going as throughput to each site. They're going to be on steroids. So they're going to have to have 10 gig to every site minimum, probably 100 gig at some point. And that's just the way it's going to be from here on out. They're going to have to really concentrate on it. So up front, let's think of the the, uh, CapEx, new hardware, new equipment, upgrades, a lot of money up front. Let's think of the increased OPEX. OPEX is your monthly reoccurring. They're going to have to increase the backhaul, which is going to be more money. Could be more fiber, could be more throughput. Depends if they have dark or lit fiber, but all the same, they're going to need more fiber pairs to each site in order to make this happen. Now, how's it going to save money? Suddenly, your macro site is going to be on steroids. So instead of saying handle 256 or 512 or 1,000 users per sector, suddenly now you're going to be able to 10 times that because you're going to be able to handle so many more users per sector. It's going to increase coverage because with the beam forming on Massive MIMO, you'll be able to concentrate the signal in a very specific area and talk to very specific users. So not only is your densification way, way, way better per user, but your RF penetration is way, way, way better. How does this save money? One one macro site can handle a lot more loading. You don't have to put in small cells for offloading. And the theory is you won't even have to put small cells in for coverage inside of that macros umbrella. Assuming you have coverage, assuming you have penetration, the outdoor small cells should limit, be limited in that area. That's really the big gain here. That's what the carriers are going to see here. More users, more throughput, more gain. It's really amazing what they're going to be able to do. So then think about how they're going to save costs. They won't have to worry about all the downloading or, yeah, the downloading, the throughput, things like that that were really a problem in the past where they had to put a small cell into offload. Without a small cell, Listen, small cells are cheap. They're real cheap. Insulation is cheap for a small cell. And the carriers were thinking that's all that mattered. But they still have to pay rent. Now, granted, a lot of states are limiting the rent. But 
you still have to pay for backhaul. The carriers couldn't overcome every obstacle. They have to pay a fortune for backhaul, and just running fiber somewhere costs a lot of money. Now, in theory, massive MIMO beam forming is going to eliminate the need for a lot of these small cells in the same umbrella, so now you can use your small cells wisely and put them out where you need them. That's the key. So massive MIMO beam forming is pretty awesome for that respect. The loading is no longer a factor. So who's going to roll this out? Hey, I got to tell you, beamforming, from what I read, works really well in TDD. And who has TDD? At least here in the States. That's right. Take a guess. Sprint. Sprint has a real opportunity to roll this out and make things happen. Why is TDD better? For one, you transmit and receive on the same element. So a 64 by 64 or a 32 by 32 antenna with 32 elements by 32 elements or 64 elements by 64 elements is truly that. So that with TDD, it's transmit and receive all in the same element. With FDD, they're different bands. It's going to be very hard, although it probably can be done to transmit and receive on the same element. You'll probably have 32 transmit antennas and 32 receive antennas to get a desired effect. Uh, now with that, I'm not exactly sure, but that's sort of how I see it right now. I haven't read anything about that. I'm just speculating about the way it's going to work because they usually have a specific radio head for each use, but maybe they can combine everything and make it look good on FDD. The other thing with TDD, you have complete control of how much uplink bandwidth you have and how much downlink bandwidth what you have. Whereas with FDD, you know, if you have 10 and 10, you're going to have 10 meg down, 10 meg up. It is what it is. You're going to have to cram as much throughput into that 10 megahertz of spectrum as you possibly can. Just thinking out loud here. So uh, what spectrum works well with this technology? Well, from what I read, it looks like 2 gigahertz and up. Again, Sprint falls in that 2.5 gigahertz. But the 3.5 gigahertz in the CBRS band seems to work really, really well too. So that is another option. Just something to think about, and I think it's really going to be the way to go. In Japan, they have the 4.4 to 4.9 gigahertz spectrum. That looks promising, so um, that's one more thing to think about. It looks good for them. One thing to think about, AT&T and Verizon are going to push your millimeter wave spectrum here real soon. You know, millimeter, centimeter, the 24 gig and up. That's going to be a game changer for this, because with the higher spectrum, the elements are going to be smaller. So they're going to be able to do so much more. I mean, like an incredible amount of throughput in that spectrum. One, they have a lot of spectrum. Two, the elements are going to be real small. And three, they're going to be able to concentrate that on fixed users. It's really going to make a difference. Suddenly, you're going to be able to get a gigabit per second wirelessly to every house. Hopefully, they can get the penetration. That's the only thing I don't know if they have figured out yet. I don't have it figured out, but I'm sure they'll figure a way to shoot it through the windows. You got to make it easy to install. If you can make it where you can just put a box in the window, life's good. That's really the key. But that is really the ideal spectrum. So to sum it up here, the new technology is going to take what the OEMs learned from before. They're going to take their MIMO and they're going to make it massive. They're going to take their beam forming, which they had before, which they could really do vertically. And they're going to have 3D beam forming. Now you put that 3D beam forming on 64 or 128 elements in one antenna, you got all this working on steroids. They've taken everything they've learned, they put it all together, and they're making this a stepping stone to 5G. It really is going to be the next step to 5G. Listen, if you want to learn more, I have a lot of resources in there. Uh, Nokia has a really good white paper called Nokia 5G Beamforming Massive MIMO White Paper. I'd recommend you get it. The link's at wadeforwireless.com. If you're wondering what you can do, 
think about how it's going to affect the industry. It's going to bring a lot of work to the industry, assuming people go to this. Why? We're going to have RF design. We're going to have site engineering, commissioning, integration, testing, optimization. We're going to have a lot of services that we, uh, you know, that we have in traditional rollouts. We're going to have drive testing to make sure it works. I would imagine self-optimization is going to be used at some point, but still, you still need the manual interface. The end users are going to evaluate how awesome it is. Now, unfortunately, I don't think they're going to call this 5G, although this is going to be part of 5G. They're going to roll it out with LTE, but it's going to be such a game changer, I think. I think it's going to make a big difference. So the, the great thing is the carriers can start reevaluating the use of small cells. I, I really think there won't be a use for small cells like we thought before because they were really used for offloading. You know, and I didn't think about the way it will affect CRAN. I got to really think about that because that's deep thought. Maybe I'll add that to the paper uh, when I put it in my book. Because with CRAN... You're going to have a lot of issues where can you put it down where the people are? Can you have to put it at enough height where the power is not an issue? Uh, does it make sense to put that much money, that much technology into a very small concentrated area? It might might make sense. I mean, it would be <laughs> freaking kick-ass if you could put something like that in a, a train station or somewhere where people congregate. Uh, you know, some type of popular area where everyone uses the internet, which I got to tell you is almost everywhere now on a smartphone. But I, I'm just thinking out loud here how it can uh, make a difference. Hey, I have about 10 resources. If you want to go to the blog, wadeforwireless.com. And this is basically going to be called What is Massive MIMO Beamforming? I think that'd probably be the best name for it. Or Massive MIMO Beamforming. Just search that on uh, wadeforwireless.com. All right, this is Wade talking to you here about massive MIMO beam forming in smart tech, technology for today for all you people working on infrastructure. And also, I have a couple websites out there. Again, wadeforwireless.com. I have techfecta.com. And I also have a lot of books out there about 5G, smart city, LTE deployment, CRAN, small cells. I have reports that I'm working on, analytical reports, anything you're interested in. Just go to wadeforwireless.com. You can find all the resources there. Remember, be smart, be safe, and pay attention. See ya! You have the wireless deployment handbook out there. That's right. At wadeforwireless.com. You have the wireless deployment handbook that is on sale now. And now it's available in paperback on Amazon. Can you believe it? Wireless deployment handbook. Available on Amazon in Kindle version and paperback and also available in PDF. Go ahead. Check it out. Wadeforwireless.com. Hey, folks. It's available. The 5G deployment plan. That's right. The 5G deployment plan handbook. I have the ebook out there for you in Amazon paperback, a full color eight and a half by 11 inch version, the Amazon Kindle version, the full PDF on Cellfi and the full PDF on Gumroad. It's all about the 5G deployment. Go to wade4wireless.com and look for 5G deployment plan. It's in there just for you. I'd like to take a moment to thank my sponsors, Tower Safety and Instruction, found at towersafety.com. 
I'd like to thank them for all the good work they do in training. They're an accredited school out in Phoenix, Arizona, but they serve people nationwide for all your tower training, safety, and drone training needs.